0: Hello and welcome back to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its story, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A.
1: And I'm Jay Hayward. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies. And this week, we want to close Black History Month talking about the most recognized and popular black character in Marvel Comics, the king of Wakanda himself, the Black Panther. In both his comic book run in 2005 and, and, and his BET series that ran in 2010. On with the show.
0: We're going to do something a little unorthodox here. Within our little discussion of this, we're going to be talking about primarily the animated series or motion comic, whatever you'd like to call it, that came out in 2010. However, we are going to be talking a little bit about the comic book that it was actually based off of. So my question for you, Jay, did you know what was happening in the comic book world? When these came out, the comic came out in 2005, but the show came out in 2010. Do you have any ideas of what was happening? Uh,
1: I will say one little factoid that I can think of was, um, I believe there was a literacy foundation that uh, Stan Lee had uh, opened around December of that year. I, I think... So, or it was something like that, uh, or for literacy, like a foundation. That's what it was. He opened the Stanley wow. Foundation for literacy.
0: Okay, yeah, I had no idea that was even a thing. I'm going to have to look into that after we get off air. Damn, you found a gem, because I had no idea that was even a thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, in 2010, Spider-Man 4 was announced by Sony to come out in 2012
1: oh wow is this like the first time it was like announced or was this the first time there was like leaks going around
0: no it was like greenlit like there was actually a date and everything for it to come out
1: no kidding what was the release date do you know that
0: off the top of my head no i do know that it was slated to come out in 2012 or was it 2010 something around those time but i know 2010 was a really prominent time for spider-man 4 um so yeah, I will say, as where it stands, as, this, as of the time of this recording, we've had a shit ton of leaks of what was going to happen in Spider-Man 4 come out, and I'm pretty sure Sam Raimi even clarified some of those leaks and speculations. Uh, but in 2005, though, this was something that was really interesting that also jogged my memory in a couple of things. Marvel and Paramount announced an eight-year deal for movies in 2005.
1: Wait, can you a lot of
0: those movies did not come out.
1: What were the, some of those movies, Damon?
0: A Namor movie. There was also a Iron Man movie where Iron Man did technically come out. Um, the movies that they initially were planning to make, they're they're a lot different than what was, and we ended up getting as for the original phase phase one. Um, as we know, Paramount was the distributor for the first couple of movies with the MCU, but their initial plans. Were completely different from what they initially announced in 2005.
1: Wow. That is a fun little gem. Uh, and yeah. look at it now. Now it is this conglomerate, this empire, now at the box office. A couple movies coming out per year now. And a million TV shows to boot. The way how the MCU has has grown since like just little talks like that is astounding.
0: Agreed. So, you know what, Jay? My question for you is, what was your first introduction to the Black Panther?
1: Uh, my first actual introduction to Black Panther, the character, was uh, in Civil War, uh, I believe. Uh, I finally watched the movie. It wasn't in theaters, but I had watched it at home. I had bought mm-hmm. a Blu-ray from like the nearest like video store at the time. And uh, I thought he was a really interesting character, and this whole idea of uh, his, like, his, his home of Wakanda, I thought was a really cool concept, um, and one that I felt very distinct from other characters that I had known, especially around that time, um, because I would just, like, prominently known, like, Batman, I would known Spider-Man. I had seen a couple of Wolverine films. I was really into Deadpool around that time. That was really my main focus. Um, So when I finally got around to watching Civil War, which is also just a fantastic movie in general, uh, I I had fallen in love with his character. Uh, What about you, Damon? What was your first introduction to Black Panther?
0: You know, I have always heard of Black Panther, even growing up, uh, especially being a little black kid. Um i've heard a lot of different things from different people who read comics who've always loved black panther and there's um even a lot of books that i did see growing up i've seen a lot of the art from the christopher priest run um but my first like introduction of like getting an idea of who black panther was within was like within two instances i would say in the marvel ultimate alliance video game because honestly if you want a who's who on who is in the marvel universe or like a good idea what was happening in the marvel universe in the early 2000s play marvel ultimate alliance now the remastered versions you can't get anymore but if you want to get the old copies for the old platforms do it play that first game it literally gives you like a who's who on everybody um and then i'd say my second introduction would probably be uh ultimate avengers uh 2 uh ultimate avengers was back when marvel was dabbling in the animated movie market they ultimately like fizzled out and stopped doing them but the first two that they did was ultimate avengers and ultimate avengers 2 which was based on the ultimate comics uh and the ultimate universe and in the second one uh that one was mostly about black panther actually no he was like one of the main characters and it took place in wakanda and it was just fucking epic it was dope
1: I was curious, because you had picked this bit of media before we get into this, um, what had made you choose this in particular uh, comic run for us to dive into, as well as looking into the BET uh, little series, watch the first episode of that. Um, What made you want to pick that over the long comic history that Black Panther has as a character both before his huge MCU debut and now what they've done with him in the comics since then as he's become an even bigger character in the public eye?
0: Um, you know, honestly, I would say what really got me is that I like Reginald Hudlin as a writer. Um, he isn't just a comic book writer. He's actually uh, worked on movies and in the entertainment industry. He's done Boomerang, which honestly is one of my favorite movies. And he's done a lot of other things. Um, I'd say one of the one of, that was one of the reasons another thing is that this move this uh, run was a heavy inspiration for the movie um on top of that I felt like this run gives you more of an understanding of who Black Panther is than other runs now mind you I haven't really sat down and read um, a lot of Black Panther runs in their entirety but I'd say this was like a really good introduction. Um, I would also say my reasoning for wanting to talk about the motion comic slash animated series was because I felt like it was something a lot of people didn't really realize was a thing. A lot of people forgot about or didn't even know it was a thing.
1: Yeah, I I did not know about it at all. I thought it was kind of a shock when you told me that that was around, and then I had thought that it had come out around the same time for black Panther the movie, which I thought made sense. You know, get some hype around it. Um but when you had told me about when it was released like i was i was uh shocked and i thought that was like amazing uh for them to to do and for them to try um i i can't wait to dive the, into this with you Damon um yeah but uh before we do get into uh both this interesting comic and uh the <laughs> the really uh fun little series motion comic however we're going to describe it because oh my goodness i'm, I'm so, so excited to dive into that with you uh do you mind telling us here on the show how we rank our media
0: you know i'm glad that you asked that question so soups we rank our media by its story the impact it's had on the character or the comic book world and its visuals all of this will help us figure out if it'll stand the test of time now with that out of the way let's dive in guys <music> So, Black Panther is a motion comic slash animated series by Marvel Knights Animation. So, around this time in the early 2000s, Marvel was dabbling in the entertainment side of things. And also in the early 2000s, people wanted comic books to be more serious. So, they were dabbling more so in darker stuff and adapting darker things. Um, Marvel Knights Animation was their distribution company that worked on the motion comics that they released. They released this they also released uh astonishing x-men they also released hulk versus wolverine and i want to say spider-woman if i'm not mistaken but i think spider-woman was had a deal with apple in the early 2000s i don't remember but anyways uh, this was the second animated series that was produced by bet and a quick summary of what the story is about so upon becoming a new Black Panther after the assassination of his father, T'Chaka, T'Challa deals with the jealousy in the Wakandan royal court while looking for the man who killed his father. Unbeknownst to Black Panther, Claw has assembled a group of villains to help him take over Wakanda. So like I said previously, this show was heavily based on Reginald Hudlin's run, so much so that he actually writes this first episode that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and, you know, I think another important thing about his run is that it really serves as an inspiration for the movies. And his run really cements a lot of different things about Black Panther that we've come to know. Uh, he even tried to give Black Panther a rogues gallery within this run, despite the fact Black Panther does kill people. And he also was the one who brought the Storm and P- Black Panther relationship to fruition within this run. And he also introduced Shuri, who wasn't introduced prior. This is a very
1: monumental part in uh, Black Panther's entire history for how we know about him today. Um, which I think is uh, kind of awesome. Uh, the fact that um, there was so much work put into this, not so much uh, behind it, but the support of the comic, but the fact that it had made enough of uh, out of uh, reach to uh, have it made into uh, a short animated series I think is uh, something really wonderful though I will say um, <laughs> uh, and and when we dive into it a bit more I'll explain why I feel this way but the writing at least in the in the episode oh my goodness I love where we're going with it But oh my God, there's a a lot of
0: stinkers in this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Like this episode, it was going at a breakneck speed. Uh, Yeah. And I was like, in some areas, it was like in a good way. In other areas, I was like, what the fuck is happening? And it gives you like a kind of like a whiplash as you're going into it. But watch it twice. Upon the second watch, I was able to actually like put together different things. Because I noticed that with the writing, the writing it gives you a lot of exposition but it also sets up things that you may not notice unless you're really thinking about it so you know the episode opens with Wakanda in is it 500 AD it's years ago like a long long, long ass time ago um and there's an enemy enemy tribe who was about to ambush Wakanda so the enemy tribe just walking through the marsh and everything like that and then there's a one guy that steps on this like like, fucking stick.
1: They, they call sharp. them Panther Teeth, I think is the yes. name of the trap. Uh, and I gotta say here, right off the bat, uh, I'm getting hit with an animation style I did not expect at all. Like, straight yeah. out the gate. Because it's like, it wants to be like, uh, like a motion comic, but then it also has points where it's trying to feel a bit smoother. smoother. Like, it's... Yeah. uh has like it wants to be a bit more animated within its own animation at times like if you can feel like constrictions sometimes in it uh there are times when it works out fine like the first time when we see like the claw trap like work like the panther teeth work but Mm -hmm. other times it kind of feels like uh the animation was like tests for archer i'm not gonna lie like sometimes it just felt off
0: yeah, like, it's weird because, like, personally, I ended up liking it because uh, it, it's ripped from John Romita Jr.'s art from the comic. Um, Mind you, though, when I read the comic along with this, you know, episode, I was looking at the art in the comic, and the art in the comic had a lot, like, better shading and colors, and uh, it looked more cinematic, oh, which is interesting because yeah. it feels like this move, the moving the art to this form, it kind of... It made you get less detail, which, you know, I get it, but like it, it's interesting because I know that uh, John Romito Jr. he came on to the show to help with the art for this because uh, it's based off his art style. But, you know, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like, though, the animation really shines whenever we have action scenes, though, because the action scenes, it's strange that it takes away from the being having people dragged around to, oh, this is fully animated for a second.
1: Uh Well,. <laughs> animated for a second for a second it is animated (laughs) i will i will give you that um i feel so the the comic does a lot better though with this opening uh the Mm -hmm. use of the harsh oranges and yellows uh the red that's that's used in the comic as uh the spears are going through uh well i guess we'll get into Mm -hmm. that right now there's uh spears from wakanda being thrown at this enemy tribe trying to make their way into the Wakanda. In the comic, it's uh from this group terrifying. of like colonizers that are very uh yeah, they're they're very terrifying the stuff that they're talking about, which is so casual in conversation for them. That's not touched on in the uh episode. Uh I think in the episode it's just like an opposing tribe nearby Wakanda they, they don't exactly mm. explain who they are um and that's that's the issue that I had with it especially at the beginning is we're, we're going super super quick when I feel as though if they allowed those moments to breathe at the beginning that could have been really interesting to have seen um mm. vi- like done in that style uh or just any animated style uh if yeah. you just gave it a bit more time to breathe and I think, put a more highlight into the music because the soundtrack in the episode is pretty pretty
0: good. Uh, It's pretty cool. Even the theme song.
1: Oh, my God, man. The theme song is fantastic. But we'll get to that.
0: Um, We will get to that. Yeah,
1: we're we're getting to it. Uh, But in the comic, uh, yeah, keep in mind that there are, like, these colonizers that are abusing this tribe and trying to get into Wakanda. Uh, and despite the fact that they don't show that in the animated, uh, series at the beginning here, it's clear that no matter what people are trying to get in Makanda, and Makanda is doing everything in their power to not let anyone in.
0: Spears then come down, they kill everybody except for one guy. Uh, the one guy is, I'm assuming the leader of the tribe because right before all the spears fall, I found it funny that this one guy is trying to tell everybody, Hey, don't run. You're going to make it worse. But they still all run. <laughs> they still and they run. And they still all get killed. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. Dude, at this one point, <laughs> there's this guy who just stands out in the middle of the field, and he looks up at the spears, and he starts to go, kiss my ass. But he dies before he's able to finish the sentence. So he's like, kiss my ass.
0: And it's the funniest oh shit. Like- also, I was kind of taken aback that I didn't remember there was this graphic. I was like, oh, yeah no nah, you know it, it, I, it, very graphic more graphic than we, even in the movies and honestly i kind of wish wakanda still had that edge to them in the movies compared to how they have it in the comics but i have more to say on that later on so you know as the tribe is dying there's one guy left and before the guy can get, get up he then hears an ominous voice that says tell your tribe tell everyone and he runs obviously we know that's the Black Panther of that era. Then the opening credits come on. The opening credits actually have like, did you notice that it had more animation than the actual show?
1: I kind of, yeah. I, I wanted to see more of that like livelihood that existed in that, that that like mm-hmm. liveliness, that energy. That's the better word for it. I wanted more of that energy um, that was there in that uh, intro as we're, as we're having the title card and all that, more into the actual uh, episode. maybe for Also,
0: A-list cast.
1: Yeah, such a large, yeah. remarkable cast, as well as uh, Stan Lee, uh, which, when I saw his name on there, I was really excited to
0: see who Man. he was going to play. Uh, yeah. I, phew, I have questions for you. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that, but, like I said, A-list cast, fucking Kerry Washington, Alfre Woodard, uh, the I forgot how to pronounce his name, but I know that guy. He, he plays in a lot of different things. Uh, Jill Scott voices Storm, A list cast. Um, but you know what? It makes sense because they got the show on BET, so they're gonna make sure they have, um, you know, A lists from Black Hollywood. Love it. Uh, then you mentioned Stanley, which is what I wanted to get into. So after the credits come on, we then are at the White House. And we're greeted with Stan Lee, and he's voicing a racist general. A oh, fucking, the,
1: the, the most outwardly racist general I think I've ever seen in cinematic history. And they have Stan Lee playing him. I was like, holy shit. Who, who also exists in the comic. And he is just outwardly uh, racist, uh, calling the people of Wakanda savages and uh They're, saying so like,
0: what are they gonna do throw spears at our jets and then everyone right. just looks at him
1: everyone's like looking at him and he's like love what's wrong <laughs> like, what the fuck like that is so crazy how they got stanley to play that and the thing is is that i'm sure he had fun just being a part of it you know
0: man he probably loved it because I, I know that stanley always talked about one of his favorite things about doing cameos whenever he has the line where he speaks Uh, I remember that when he was cast as, uh, Willie Lumpkin, the Fantastic Four's male dude in the first movie, he was hella excited about it because he had a line and he even asked them to give him more lines. Man, Stanley, what a guy. Rest in peace. But, you know, I... (sighs) I honestly just his whole like his whole way of acting as that character was just out like it was funny. It just it kinda took me out for a second. Uh and then so we are in the White House. It's basically a meeting with um some people in high places. Uh the person leading the charge, her name is Dundee. Um she's black. Um and she's leading the discussion and she basically says that they have they're just talking about Wakanda. And she then has Everett Ross. Everett Ross is the same guy who's in the movies who served as, like, the liaison between Wakanda and the United States. Uh, now, Jay, prior to this, um, Everett Wa- Ross was used in Christopher Priest's run where he had more of a thing that's similar to how he is in the movies, where he was, like, the one that was, like, there along the ride or whatever. Um, in Christopher Priest's run, which I always thought was one of the coolest things and kind of funniest things about it, um, was that... The way he went about doing his run, he basically had Everett Ross be the ride-along character. Everett Ross was the ride-along character, and Everett Ross the entire time was just like, damn, Black Panther is so fucking cool. And he just saw Black Panther and T'Challa doing all this cool, badass shit. And uh, it's it's interesting. It was interesting seeing Reginald Hutlin bring him back for this. Um, I would say that it's really interesting and it kind of distinguish its, distinguishes itself from Christopher Priest's run. Because like I said, Chris, um, Everett Ross was like, you know, the ride-along character in that other one. Um, whereas this one, it doesn't really seem like he's going to be the ride-along character. This seems like this is going to be a book um, slash show uh, that focuses on T'Challa and Black Panther as the character first. Um, which I don't know, it's interesting. And it's also interesting seeing like picking picking apart. Oh, I can see where Ryan Coogler got this idea for the movies to do this and to do that. It's interesting. Um, But you know, Everett Ross basically is then brought forward to this group and Dondi asks him to give them information on what Wakanda is. So he basically gives us the basic info that if you were to see the movies, you already know all of this stuff. He talks about how they're technologically advanced. He talks about how they're a country within Africa that was never colonized. The one thing, though, that was really interesting to me is when he brought up that there was oil deposits that they never even bothered to fucking try to drill. Uh, And then General Lee, Stan Lee's racist general, then offers to send in a military black ops unit.
1: Dude, it's at this point where I, I was just having more issues with the animation like, the general just looks like a smacked ass. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Um, So, okay. Basically, generally, suggests suggest to bring the black ops people there and some shit, just outlandish. Outlandish as hell. Uh, and then Everett cuts him off and tells him, well, we already did. We had top people in there. And generally is like, what the fuck do you mean, top people? That's when we then see... World War II times, Captain America went to Wakanda. Jay, what was your. Okay, did you expect Cap to like show up right there at that moment?
1: Now, uh, I had read the comic first before watching the uh, first episode for BET. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was looking forward to seeing him in the episode, but for the comic, I had no clue at all that he was going to be shown in it at all. And. I was really looking forward to what that was going to look like in the animation. Um but because it's so like restricted, he kind of looks to me like he's from like Venture Bros the way how he's styled. He doesn't very much look yeah. like Captain America, you know what I mean? Um and even the voice actor who talks It sounds for like him. Wolverine. Yes, it sounds like Wolverine huffing helium. It sounds like a, like a little like higher pitched Wolverine. It does not feel or sound like Cap, which made me a little uh, disappointed, uh, especially mm-hmm. because the story had set up their meeting to be really um, cataclysmic of, of this super soldier fighting the warrior of Wakanda um, mm-hmm. that no one has a gauge over who he is or uh, the kind of manpower that Wakanda just has in its arsenal. In the comic, we get a little glimpse here and there of the type of machinery. We don't even get a glimpse in this first episode of what they're really capable of, I would say. Um,
0: yeah, that was the one thing that kind of bothered me that in the comic, uh, well, the, the sh- that the show didn't do. Because in the comic, we actually seen them use technology uh, within this first interaction of them talking about Wakanda and even his interaction with Cap. You've seen some of the te- technology. But in the um, show, you don't see that. You just see that they're using spears and everything. You only get, like, a taste of what Wakanda looks like a little bit later on. Uh, and, you know, like you said, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think Cap... They kind of did Cap dirty in this, I'm going to be honest. They did him dirty. Uh, and But I did like that fight scene. That was a really cool fight scene.
1: See, I, I'm kind of split the other direction. Uh, I felt as though it didn't have the kind of impact that those couple of panels did for me personally in the comic i feel though mm. that the art style was so well well crafted for what it was as a comic book that um there was just some m- misdirections in it when it became animated um that it doesn't make it difficult to watch per se but I, it makes me wonder what it could have been if we tried a, a different type of style to it, as opposed of trying to mimic it straight from the comic.
0: And just to give you guys a little bit more details on that, Cap was sent there because, uh, he was sent there to Wakanda because he was supposed to stop some non some no, Nazis, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> he was sent there to stop some Nazis, uh, from trying to ambush Wakanda. Because at this point, I'm assuming that they. Knew that they don't know that Wakanda was that technologically advanced, however, they still were curious about Wakanda. That's my thoughts. This is World War II at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh so by the time Cap gets there, is when the heads of all the Nazi soldiers are on stakes outside of what the borders of Wakanda. Cap then realizes, oh shit, the Wakandans already beat the Nazis.
1: Now, moments like this, I love the animation because Cap has this look on his face like he's about to die. Like, he has this,
0: oh, shit,
1: look on his face that had me cracking up. I thought it was funny as fuck.
0: Man. And then when he gets there, he's, like, you know, walking back, and he falls into a pit. Uh, When he falls into the pit, it's when Black Panther comes out. And mind you, the Black Panther that we're seeing is not T'Challa. It's, uh, I'm assuming it's his grandfather, or either his uncle, one of the Mm 2 uh and you know honestly at this moment it kind of made the, it going back to what i said it made me wish the movies honestly showed this side of wakanda the the wakanda who that was very for their people i don't know i get it we can't really get to that side because you have to also it disney owns marvel so i don't know i don't know uh so you know like i said cap falls in the pit and he then sees black panther black panther tells him very nonchalantly you can go home we already dealt with it cap like you said it didn't really feel like cap Yeah, you know, he f- came off like a dick i'm not gonna lie caps dick. characterization he was kind of a dick he got snippy over the fact that the wakandans especially black panther killed the nazis uh and instead of having a conversation about it uh and listening to what the black panther was telling him he pressed it and then they started fighting and you know after the fight transpires black panther then brings up a point to cap and he says that the the nazis were here to get wakanda because they needed the vibranium for their missile systems the same reason why america sent cap and it made me think oh the reason why america sent captain america is because they wanted to basically save the day so that way if captain america saved the nazis from ambushing they could then strong arm wakanda into giving them the vibranium that they needed back to present day and the people in the White House are still having a discussion and they pose the question of who is the Black Panther, which, guys, is the name of this storyline. So then we see a whole tunnel shift that happens next. Uh, it's like a TV spectators like it's a TV show that's coming on and it's called Battle for the Crown. I and did. I just felt like it was a weird tonal shift.
1: I thought everything about this was so, cause like Black Panther comes out of like this giant statue at the beginning of this, and I think it's so funny. Do you think he sleeps in that, Damon? Do you think no. he sleeps in that statue? Why? Do, why was he in there?
0: <laughs> for show. It's a ritual. It was for show, Jay. Yeah,
1: but like, how did he get into it? You know what I mean? Like, did they? There's a door him? in the stomach. I'm assuming a door the some stomach. steps. Do you think there's like a little tunnel that they've made for the Black Panther yeah, to go I, in? Like, do you think that they, they like went the extra mile for the showmanship as well as, I, as the know, fact I that they like have they it would. on cable? I also love the fact that they have it on cable and that there are um, like two announcers, like spectators or, or commentators. Yeah. That's what it was. Two commentators. Like everyone's
0: there, dude. Like, who are you guys talking to?
1: I mean, I guess there's some the people, the people at
0: home. home. There's some people at home, probably. I guess there's some
1: people at home, but I just love the idea of it having, like, Wakanda having their own local, like, fighting, like, pay-per-views and radio the, stations ESPN. and stuff. Yes. Yes, their own little sports center, Wakanda Sports Center.
0: Yeah, It was so weird. It was weird as fuck. And uh, now, I will say, it was, like, a good way to give out exposition, because it told us a lot of different shit and like them talking and everything because i was just like taken out of it uh so we learn through their little exposition that the spectators said that t'challa has been gone for some time uh he's like the hamlet of wakanda he's been gone doing training or some shit like that and they also tell us a lot about what is even happening which i feel like it's like a cool little like narrative device but like you said it just came out of nowhere and then when the Black Panther comes out of the panther's mouth with the smoke and everything, that, yeah, it was some weird <laughs> shit. It was weird. There's a lot of, weird.
1: lot of showmanship uh, for the possibility of you losing your throne to uh either someone else in the family and or a completely different new hierarchy.
0: Like, honestly, it felt like if you were there, you could probably get, like, some fucking french fries from one stand and... And freaking, like, get some popcorn and watch your king potentially die in a fight. for his th- <laughs> Honestly, I don't know about Bring you, but, like, I- listen, listen, I would be scared. Like, imagine if you if someone who was a terrible ass person got the was-, was able to beat the Black Panther and then they then became the new like king or whatever of Wakanda. Oh, God, that'd be terrible. And
1: it all being shown in like this UFC, like WWE fashion. Yeah, I, I would say so.
0: I, I, I mean would... you know I, you you wouldn't know who the per- who's going to try to like you know get up there so there's that maybe it's the fact that like they don't know who's going to try to fight maybe that's the most like interesting part about it you know Do you think they also sold tickets
1: for this event as well or was it like just come as you are like open to I think the it public? was come as you are i like I to think imagine to the public. I'd like to imagine there was some seats for like the front row that like you could contribute a little bit uh, and then the concessions that you're talking about had to be like exorbitant because it's like oh, I would gosh. I would charge like ten bucks a popcorn if my king was gonna die in front of everyone. I feel like no. That's... What if
0: they had like booths? What What are they like? You had like around like little spectators booth where you oh, could my... just like God,
1: this... you and your buddies can get together. Oh gosh, that maybe <laughs> you... just think of um not to get sidetracked from this not to get sidetracked from comics um. But I just want to add a little fun tidbit that I saw during the Super Bowl, uh, weekend, just really quick, of like Shaq. Shaq had like one of those like rooms like that for the Super Bowl, and he had it with Kevin Hart and a few others. And at Mm -hmm. one point, Kevin Hart, who I think was just really really drunk, just like smacked Shaquille O'Neal in the back of the head.
0: Really, wow! I can't remember
1: what he like shouted at him, but he had like sunglasses on too. Like like, <laughs> and Jack's whole demeanor just changed for the rest of the little video that he was doing. Like he just looked so unhappy. Uh, I don't know why I thought about that just now, but do you think do you think stuff like that was happening, like mini drama, while meanwhile T'Challa is like preparing for the throne?
0: I feel like a lot of drama was going on. Honestly, what begs the question is: Do they have reality TV shows in Wakanda? That's what I'm. Saying. I don't know. These are There's the so many questions. questions.
1: There's so many <laughs> questions,
0: soups Well, you know, back to what was happening. we are going to hear him
1: here on Super Saturdays. Every Saturday. <laughs> except sometimes not every Saturday. Most Saturdays. Oh, gosh. 90% of Saturdays.
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, Okay, so basically, we then see who's fighting. There's a member of the royal family. He's the cousin of Shuri and uh, T'Challa. Uh, T'Challa
1: uh, is, is the first one, right? T- yes. He looks t- like t- a t- jobber, bro. I-, I knew straight from the gun, T'Challa not going to stand a chance
0: man and then we then see you know the the fights going on then we go back to the royal courtroom we send see queen Ramunda. she's um, she's lamenting about the battle and how she doesn't really like she she's not that into the idea of this having to be it all right so then her servant suggests that she go talks to shuri because shuri probably is sad over the fact that she was told that she couldn't try to be in the um battles all right Cool. It was at this moment that I was like, wow, Shuri is completely different than she is in the movies. 100 percent. 1080. Sh-
1: Shuri gave me young Wonder Woman DCEU vibes. Yeah. Us. And I think it's also just the way how they displayed her here. Because when w- when we meet her, she is confronted by these two guards blocking off like a doorway. um, And she doesn't really do a whole lot to like counter them either like she just runs and jumps over the wall um Mm -hmm. and there's at one point later on someone says like you haven't finished your training and that that instantly made me think of uh what wonder woman 1984 did so i guess in the other way because this came out before wonder woman dcu feels like shuri from uh this run of black panther comics just very um I don't know. To me, it feels very tropey, the way how they set her up as this, like, young character wanting more, feeling like she's able to do more, um, willing to test, like, the patience of her parents to do it, you know? Like, like that kind of character that I feel as though, especially around this time, we saw a million times before, and especially when Wonder Woman 1984 came around, a million times by then, um... Not, but not, you know what?
0: two thousand and five though, we probably wouldn't have seen this character that much. would we have? No,
1: no, I don't think so at all. um which I think makes it very, very fun, not mm-hmm. not in the sakes that she is like the first one that's done it, especially two thousand and five um but also just the fact that this is her introduction uh into uh comics, isn't it? This is like her her like semi debut around yep. two thousand and five or her full-on debut, and I think for it as a debut is a fantastic way to show her capability, especially as we get further in and we get to know more about T'Challa. But I think by the time when 2010 came around for the comic, uh, or for the animation, uh, I just thought that it was really comical how it was written. The fact that the guards didn't do, like, anything to stop her from climbing over the, the door. Like, nothing. They just said, fuck it. They, they didn't just said, do fuck nothing. it. They're like, this is above my pay grade, dude.
0: <laughs> hey, they can just tell the queen, oh, we tried. She got around. You, you know her. You know she's so sneaky. You know that girl. Da-
1: Damon, that would have been us, too. Uh, pssst, that would have been shit. Yeah. I'm saying it right. You, would you have stopped her? I wouldn't have stopped her.
0: You know what? If I wasn't getting paid enough, I wouldn't have stopped her. Like, honestly, Jay, I feel like what would have happened is I would have been like, bitch, no, we're not doing this because I am not getting paid enough to go and get my wrist broken. So, yeah, maybe they're not getting paid Jay, enough. There we no, go. Was-
1: I'll keep the secret, Damon. You keep my secret,
0: <laughs> keep <the> secret. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like, like Jay was saying, that, like, you know, Shuri gets around the guards and shit like that. And then she's going up there. She wants to, like, hop in the ring and go next. Uh, she walks past her cousin who got his ass handed to him, ask for some tips. The cousin then says, no, what? No, she doesn't listen. She runs up there. She's going up the steps. And a little bit ago, there was another contender. He was like this huge, giant, like, dude. Uh, he's up there. Shuri is, like, about to go up the steps. The giant dude then gets, like, thrown off the arena, and he lands on top of Shuri, breaking every bone in her body.
1: And she died. Jux- That was the end of Shuri, and uh, we did not see her again until the 2018 film.
0: Yes. (laughs) Jokes aside, though, no, she's just uh, trapped under the big dude. Uh, While she's trapped under the big dude, there's this masked figure who then zooms right past her and goes into the arena to battle the Black Panther all right so you know i at this point i was actually kind of liking the animation with the fight scenes and the choreography with that uh yeah he he beats the black panther it was revealed that it was t'challa uh and the black panther at the time was his uncle that was the previous black panther it's also noticed that his cousin who lost at first he's jealous so the servant then tells the queen her son won, and I like this little touch where we see that Queen Ramunda is like, Okay, yeah, he deserves to be the king, da 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 da. da. But it makes my son a target, and that's still my son at the end of the day.
1: I, I cool think shit. she was my favorite character, especially in the episode. Um, even though she had very little to do, uh everything that she said uh, felt very important and had given a, a good Summary as to what we're really going to see ahead of us, uh, through the uh series uh, and through the run. Uh, mm-hmm. Really well done for that character, just overall. And I was happy with how she was both in the comic and with the uh,
0: with the episode. Exactly. Um, you know, when I was watching the episode, um, I feel like when I was reading the comic it did a get better job of like letting you know, okay, this is kind of like a flashback type of story that's getting intermixed. Whereas the show, I'm a little confused on the timeline of things. What do you mean? Uh, You know, T'Challa becoming the Black Panther. Is that supposed to be present day, or is that supposed to just be in the past? How is this story being told?
1: I, I don't know. I... I believe it was supposed to be in the modern day which if that's the case t'challa has the biggest target on his back he really needs to watch out for stan lee in this universe he is going crazy daffy duck style over at the pentagon right now
0: Uh, honestly uh so you know we go back to the white house and the u.s is just trying to make sense of the information that Everett ross just gave them so uh, Dondi is then calling them uh, a rogue state, and basically they're coming to the agreement that they have to have a military detail set up just in case Wakanda goes rogue. Everett Ross is trying to, like, tell them not to do that, but they're not listening. Uh, when he asks questions about what military detail are they trying to enforce— Dundee tells him, "You, you're, it's not. It's above your pay grade." She tells him that it's special forces. And the special forces, we find a zombie dude that's undead and radioactive being revealed at the end of the episode. Oh my
1: goodness, yeah, man, this this was like shocking. This felt like something straight out of like the Umbrella Corporation, like shocking.
0: Yeah, uh, it's radioactive, man.
1: That's who this is. Yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about Radioactive Man, Damon. I've heard the name, but I I couldn't tell you much of the character.
0: If I'm being quite honest with you, Jay, I have a lot of comic book knowledge, but I do not have a lot of comic book knowledge <laughs> when it comes to Radioactive Man.
1: <laughs> this, okay. this
0: is one of the times where you have stumped me, Jay.
1: Holy cow. Okay, so we need to learn about Radioactive Man.
0: I guess so. <laughs> See, I thought
1: that was a character from The Simpsons and was happy with that, but I guess that's not the case.
0: No, no. Why, the uh, fuck,
1: why are you looking at me like that? You you don't know about Radioactive Man? Isn't that his name?
0: Yeah, yeah well, it is Radioactive Man, that's his name, but no, he's not a Simpsons character. Uh, Who's that guy from The
1: Simpsons? There's a guy like that in The Simpsons.
0: No, the yeah. Simpsons. Oh, well, shit. Technically, man. the Simpsons can show up in the in the Marvel universe if they want to, because no, Disney no, no, owns no, no, Fox no. now. I, I got
1: it right here. Radioactive Man. Radioactive Man is a comic book superhero who appeared in the Radioactive Man franchise. He acquired his powers uh, from an atomic bomb explosion. His sidekick is Fallout Boy, and his catchphrase is "Up and at atom." He is a member of the Superior Squad, an Avengers and Justice League-like organization uh is portrayed. did you
0: find the Marvel radioactive man or a different radioactive man?
1: No, this is the one from The Simpsons. <laughs> this oh. the uh radioactive man for Marvel. Let's see what I can find on him. Uh he's very green. Uh he is a <laughs> fictional <laughs> supervillain appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. uh, That's as much as you get, I guess. He was a Chinese nuclear physicist working for the Communist Party of Hmm. the People's Republic of China. Uh, He was exposed to high levels of radiation and mutated into a superhuman with the ability to control and emit deadly forms of radiation. Now a Chinese superhero, but his nationality led to conflict with many American heroes. He was a founding member of the Masters of Evil, who were created to destroy the Avengers. Hmm. He later joined the People's Defense Force, charged and with protecting his homeland. His real name is Chen Liu.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, the that more you a know. picture
1: of him here that I'm looking at, kicking the shit out of Thor. Like, like he is about to, like... <laughs> punch his teeth in in this image he's he looks badass Uh, black panther now has to look out for bigot stan lee and radioactive man that's that's a scary combination
0: (laughs) okay well you know what since we got to the end of this i gotta say if I'm being quite honest, I think the comic did a lot better with the heavy lifting of the writing and also gave me this better exposition because the whole Radioactive Man thing, it didn't come out of nowhere as much as it did in the show because in the book, you actually learned that Claw was actually doing shit behind the scenes. But the show, they just took that out. They were like, fuck that. We got to get to where we got to get to go. Like, we could just, it's breaking that speed. Boom, 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 boom. But let's I'm get to the writing system.
1: the show felt the, the need to go as fast-paced as it did. It it made me feel at sometimes a bit um like discombobulated especially near the ending. Like I felt like I sneezed and I was suddenly in that hidden lab with radioactive man. I was like what the hell how did I get down this corridor? Um it it just makes me wonder if it was a budgetary thing um or if there was only a certain uh permitted amount of episodes um and that that really did go into my ranking system that that's why i bring it up here um now you had it as a 12 is that correct damon
0: yes and you had it at a nine originally but then you moved it to a 10
1: i I moved it to an 11 even after that
0: oh Um, okay
1: yeah yeah my my score went all around the board i i guess i'll start with my first score to give you an idea of where I was looking at it, because my first score was just solely on the comic. my and, and that, I would still say, is a 9, just based off issue 1 of the comic. Um, with the uh, episode, though, I felt as though it deserved an 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest part of it for me was uh, impact, just because uh, it was one of the first times Black Panther had just made it onto television. And I think that's kind of wild, the fact that uh, it had this amount of, of effort put into it to begin with, and the fact that it aired on BET, I thought was uh, something really important for the character's history. Uh, and I feel like that's also just important too, showing like Shuri for the first time, and the fact that she's also just had uh, a small history uh, on screen as well, even before the film. Uh, I just think is really cool, and that's why I gave that a four. Uh, story gave it the same same thing because everything is is a great hook. Everything here was a, a fantastic uh, entryway into the story. Um, even though I felt everything was going a bit too quick paced for me, hmm. um, that's what I feel as though stopped it. Like if we had moments just to breathe, just to look on the the gore that's look that's being put in front of us. Take some time to see how T'Challa plans out his first fight here in the pits um, to to be crowned the Black Panther. You know, moments like that, I feel as though if we had time to just let it breathe instead of trying to get it all shown, would have made this perfect to me. Uh, and and that's where it fell for me the most was its visuals. I gave that a three. Hmm. Um I was just not. I was not meshing with a lot of this animation. Um, I loved it in most parts. When it uh, was just really fun to to just like ha- like have a laugh with. Not as if though I didn't believe in the tone that the voice actors were putting into, but a lot of the writing with the visuals just made things very messy and weird and funny. Uh, and and will have me remember this for probably all the all the wrong reasons i think in those aspects uh what about you damon where are you at it with your 12
0: you know story wise i said that it was about a three for the story i liked the writing whoa well you know yeah i like the writing um okay i liked the writing uh if we're talking more about the animated show which is what we did basically our summary on Um, I would say it was about a three in regards to the the pacing was a really messed me up. Uh, I felt like they took out the bits that they really shouldn't have, like the stuff that they moved around was the things that actually kind of be helped the story. Uh, but at the same time though, it's still very similar to the actual like story. So I don't know. I would say a three, uh, the actual comic, I'd give it a four. Um, the impact for the show, I would say that the impact for the show was about a four. Mm. Mainly because, like you said, it's the first "quote unquote" animated series, uh, of Black Panther, and it also was very ambitious for its time. And it's one of those things that I feel like people forgot about, but it really was ambitious for the the, for the time that that it came out. Uh, and it was like came on like on prime time, like it didn't come on in the mornings. It came on like a predominantly adult. Network, so big deal. Art and visuals, I'd give it a five because I like See, John Romita Jr.'s art.
1: Now I I understand that Romita fine job, especially the comic. The comic is just so beautiful. If it was just on the comic alone, I would give it an even higher score. Like looking back on it, just because I appreciate it more after watching the um this the the episode. Um, but let me let me just bring this idea up to damon think of the uh deadpool animated series that was kind of coming out like and we had like some of that like test pilot footage that came out for a little bit remember that stuff mm-hmm. imagine this in that style would you have liked it or or, or do you think it wouldn't have been as as interesting Cause that's something that was going through my mind when I was watching it, especially for points of its action. Like I would have loved to have seen that f- fight with Captain America done in that style. I feel it might be, it would have just been more fluid, though it, it does lose a lot of its style. Though I will admit that a lot of the style there would definitely been gone by going that way. What do you think though?
0: Honestly, you know I don't know. I think it would have been better if we actually got a traditional, more animated series uh opposed to the motion comic that we got, uh I felt like there would have been a way to adapt John Romita jr's art style while still giving it the animated uh, type of vibes. but you know I'm glad you mentioned the Deadpool stuff because Deadpool looked great and it's a damn shame that show guy can't like didn't go forward
1: right now now imagine the that episode that we watched, right mm-hmm. but in that animation style. What do you think? It'd be ten times better. You think so? Visually,
0: yeah. I would say visually probably and maybe it even lend more to the story in some regards. I don't know. I feel like it might actually change my rating on it, Boss. It might it might, well, you know what? It might.
1: Well that well that's just a hypothetical. That's just a hypothetical, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but it no matter what there, uh how we slice it, uh even if you were to change your yours down, yours is you said twelve, right?
0: Yeah, and yours was you bumped so, it to an eleven?
1: Mine was at 11. So even if you brought yours down a point for for the visuals looking at it that way, we still got a a wonderful 22.
0: Which uh, means it stands the test of time. Oh,
1: it stands the test of time.
0: Yes. But my question is. What do you guys think? Did Black Panther, the animated series, episode one, hold up? Be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon.
1: And I'm Jay Hayward. Make sure you also check out Damon and I on our Instagrams at Damon1003 and at JayTheMovieGal.
0: See you next Saturday, Soups. Hey Soups,
1: do you enjoy the music here on the podcast? Then why don't you check out our buddy Jake Voigt at JakeVoigtMusic.com?